Grace Chapel podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Before we get started, we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body. Podcasts are a gift from God, but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the Word. With that being said, we pray that this teaching would bless you, equip you, and encourage you in your walk with Christ. All right, well, this morning we're wrapping up a series we've been on regarding the gifts of the Spirit. And so I'm going to address a couple of specific things this morning. And then my plan is to leave some space at the end of the service for some question and answer and maybe even just some time to to pray together. And so we'll just kind of see how things unfold and where they go. But I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at with this this morning, as, as the pastor, I'm just aware we have a lot of backgrounds in our church I mean, even for a relatively kind of small, intimate church, I mean, we've got people that come from some traditional denominational backgrounds, non-denominational, very charismatic, Catholic backgrounds, like a wide range. Um, and I just, I just know this, that, that we want to be people who are rooted in the word of God and who are filled with the presence of God. We serve a living God and his word is alive and it's meant to teach us about him and about who we are in him and about all the things he wants to do in this world to redeem it. And so his presence, like that's who the Holy Spirit is. It's the presence of God in our lives. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, like for our benefit, so that that we can be used to touch other people's lives. We can cooperate with God to love people well. And so we can build up and encourage other believers Like, I need that. Anybody in here ever get beat down or discouraged along the way in your walk with the Lord and your journey in this life? Like, my hand's up for a reason. Like, I need that encouragement. And so we we encourage one another. We also have a world that needs Jesus. And so wouldn't it be wonderful if the people who carry his name, like, lived like him? Not perfect, but good, loving, The power of God was operating through us to touch people's lives because people need Jesus. So that's what all of this is about. And so um, I'm going to talk this morning a little bit about some of the gifts that I don't don't think they are meant to be challenging or controversial, but they they have become that in church circles. And so I want to talk about um, speaking in tongues and prophecy this morning. And just kind of in general, just sort of anything that falls falls under the umbrella of like the miraculous, you know, things that are just outside of the norm and might make us uncomfortable or we feel like we've seen them misused and abused. Maybe we have, maybe also we just haven't really understood or we've seen them twisted by people who who don't want us to walk in what God has for us. And so I just want to encourage you guys the way Paul does. I'm going to read this verse. I read this a couple weeks ago. Um, as, as he was opening up two or three chapters talking to the Corinthian church about the gifts. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. We want to be well-informed, well-equipped with what God has for us. So we don't want misinformation, wrong information, but we also don't want to be ignorant. And so that word, again, uninformed, it it means unknown. Like I might just be completely unaware. Like spiritual gifts is just brand new territory for me. It's unfamiliar. Well, great, let's let's learn. Let's be equipped. 
Um, it also might mean I don't understand them. And so maybe I've had some exposure, but I've just never been fully comfortable with that or ever, ever really either seen it modeled in a healthy way or taught in a way that I could really grab hold of it. And so we want to understand the scripture. And then that, that word uninformed, it can also mean to ignore. And I think for some in the church, like either because of bad experience or it just feels a little too mysterious for me, it's just, it feels easier to just ignore the gifts of the spirit. And that's not what God has for us. And so um, moving into 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that's gonna be our primary passage this morning. Um, I wanna read to you a couple of verses from that to kind of set the tone. So Paul writes and says in, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse one, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Isn't it interesting that, that prophecy in particular is such a, a, a mysterious and, and, and strange thing when we hear the word prophecy, maybe some of us even get like weirded out by that. And yet Paul's going, hey, pursue love. And as you're pursuing growing in the love of God, earnestly seek out the gifts that he has, especially prophecy. So we're gonna talk a little bit this morning about why, why would we wanna pursue prophecy? Um, and then moving on again, verses 39 through 40, he's kind of reiterating this. So my brothers and sisters earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. Okay, that is the context of everything. If you don't hear anything else I say, number one, love is the whole point. Loving God and loving people is the whole point. Promoting myself, boosting up my pride, creating some following because I'm the prophet guy, that's not the point. That's selfish and it's abusive. The point is loving people well. So don't run from the gifts. They're a part of the expression of love. Through God's love, he wants to speak to people. That's what prophecy is. Through God's love, he wants to heal people. Through God's love, he wants to see us serving one another, being hospitable. All these gifts of the spirit are meant to flow out of love. So we earnestly seek them and we do them in order. See, sometimes in pursuit of these things, they've gotten out of order. And in this particular case, Paul's writing to a church where there's been a lot of gifts on display, but it's, it's kind of a train wreck. People aren't treating each other well. Their services are just completely like pandemonium and it's even pushing people away who would be drawn to Christ, but they're so confused by what's happening. It's like pushing outsiders away. And so Paul's saying, hey, we've got to get things in order so people can encounter the love of Christ. And so you all can love one another well. But his solution to things being out of order wasn't to shut it down. He said, pursue prophecy, encourage speaking in tongues, Pursue all of these gifts that are listed in chapters 12 and 14. And at the center of all of it is loving well. So let's just unpack this a little bit. First of all, speaking in tongues. Let me talk to you about that, speaking in tongues. There's some examples, lots of examples in the scripture of this. I've got them in my notes. If there was ever a message that would be worth going online later and downloading the notes, this would, this would be one of those. So grab hold of these. And, and part of why I say that is not because there's anything special in what I've written in my notes. It's because I've got all the scriptures in here. And so more than listening to what I have to say this morning, you need to read the word of God and know what he has to say about this and make sure we're walking in alignment with what he teaches us. 
And so there's a few different, you know, we kind of say speaking in tongues, but there's kind of three categories here, really, that all kind of fit together. Uh, the first category of speaking in tongues is actually speaking in, a, in another foreign language. So this is a gift where, like, you haven't taken the time to learn Spanish, but you're in a specific context where the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to speak a language you don't already speak. That is actually what was happening on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, you can look it up, 2 verse 11, when, when the people were in the upper room came out into the public and people were hearing them, there, there were Jewish people who had gathered for this festival from all over the world who spoke other languages. And they gathered and they were hearing these Galileans who had, were not well-traveled and did not know foreign languages talking about Jesus in their own language. And so it was this special gift so that the gospel could be communicated. So that's one example of speaking in tongues. I, I don't have time to tell a ton of stories this morning because I want to leave a little time for question and answer at the end. But like I was on a flight with a friend once who this happened to him. And he led a French woman to Christ. And he didn't even realize till like almost the end of the flight what was even happening. Like they were just communicating normally. And then later during the flight, one of us was over there talking to him and realized like, bro, she's speaking French. She doesn't understand English. And he had a whole conversation with her and led her to the Lord. Pretty cool. So that happens. All right. Another example, and we'll unpack this a little bit more in a minute, but um, it's also an unknown prayer language. So it's like a heavenly language, like not an earthly spoken foreign language that we don't know, but like a heavenly prayer language that's meant to be a part of your prayer life with the Lord. If, if you were to stand very close to me on a Sunday morning, often during our time of worship, I'm praying in tongues. Like I'm, I'm singing the words that are on the screen. I'm praying prayers the Lord lays on my heart. I'm, I'm praying in tongues, like an, an unknown prayer language, but it's just part of my prayer life and my walk with the Lord. And we see that in scripture. And I'll give you some examples from 1 Corinthians 14 in just a moment. Additionally, there is unknown prayer language accompanied by interpretation. In a public setting with other people, speaking an unknown language out loud adds no benefit to the hearers because we don't know what you're saying. I'm going to show you this. Paul talks about this in a minute. And so there, there are times where maybe I'm praying in my intimate walk with the Lord and there's just kind of, the, there's this prayer language here. And so I, I pray out loud in a corporate setting with a tongue that people don't understand. And the only time that should happen in a corporate setting is this, if there's an interpretation in the language that people can understand. And so maybe the person praying in tongues or maybe somebody else will be given a sense from the Lord of like, here's what that is. And that needs to be interpreted and shared with the body. Here's what that is. So those are some examples of prayer language. So I wanna, I wanna talk about specifically like your prayer language with the Lord for a minute and give you some scriptures so you're not just hearing my opinion on this. So back to 1 Corinthians 14. Um, I hope these few verses will be like a simple guide for you and how to use this gift in your prayer time with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 14, verse two now. So remember, verse one was, I don't want you to be uninformed. Or sorry, that was chapter 12. Verse one was, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Now verse two is, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. 
for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Now verse four, just the first half of verse four, we'll read the second half in a minute. The first half of verse four, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. There's a, so there's a cool benefit to speaking in tongues. Now verses 14 and 15. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. What's being described here? Number one, there's something beautiful and mysterious about praying in the spirit. It's this union or connection with God. It's like sometimes there's just stuff inside me that there's not enough words to express. Maybe it's like anguish. Like I'm just, I'm frustrated about something. I'm overwhelmed about something. Maybe it's joy. Like God, I'm just exploding with joy. I don't even have words to describe it. And so there's just this intimate prayer language and it builds us up. That's what Paul says. It builds us up. So it's an intimate language with God. It builds us up. And I love the way he expresses this. We engage the spirit and the mind. A lot of times when prayer language is involved in my own prayer life, I'll be praying English words, specific things that are on my heart. And then I'll just kind of naturally move into like praying in tongues. And as I'm doing that, I'll even get a sense of like, God might lay something on my heart or someone on my heart and like, hey, I call them up, pray with them, or I'm in the room with them, let me find them. Hey, Lord just laid you on my heart, can I pray with you? Spirit, mind. Listen, I, I know it sounds mysterious, but like we have a beautiful, mysterious God who loves us. The scripture even tells us that the spirit like groans. There's like this groaning in the spirit. And so it's a, it's a prayer language with the Lord. I would encourage you guys, maybe this is something you already have, use it, express it. Maybe this is something you've never had or experienced. Talk to the Lord about it. Like in your, own, in your prayer time, like, Lord, would you give me this gift? Lord, I, I wanna be close to you. Thank you for the closeness we already have. Thank you for the love that you have for me. Thank you for your presence in my life. Lord, I want whatever it is that you have for me. Thank you for all these gifts that you give. Lord, if you want me to be able to speak in tongues as a part of our intimacy and our prayer time, Lord, would you give that to me and give voice to it if something wells up. And if it doesn't, that's all right. You know, there's segments of the church that have almost used tongues as like the proof you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, it's just not in the scripture. It's, that's not the proof. The Holy Spirit is given as a deposit guaranteeing our salvation. You know, usually at a younger age, we, talk, we say like maybe the phrase like asking Jesus into your heart. What we're doing is, is we're receiving Jesus as our savior. The spirit of God comes and dwells within us. So we have the spirit in the presence of God and we can ask him, hey, can I walk in this gift? It can be a part of our, our time with the Lord, our prayer language, our intimacy with him. Should I stop there for questions regarding that or should we save questions to the end? Does anybody have a question about speaking in tongues or prayer language? Andrew? Okay, Alex has a microphone. So what we're gonna do, not only so everybody in the room can hear, but because we're recording the podcast, there's people out of town traveling, we're gonna record y'all asking questions. So Andrew, go ahead. I pray a lot in tongues. And uh, if I'm praying over somebody, sometimes that'll come out. 
but when the prayer is over, a lot of times I'll go into what God is saying. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. So I, so a lot of, um, how I express in prayer, it's two things. Number one, I never want to like resist what God is doing, but I try to be very aware and sensitive of the person that I'm with. And so there's somebody I'm praying with and like, I know full well, they get it. They do the same thing. And like, there's no real explanation needed. I still want to share what the Lord's laid on my heart. If it's somebody that is maybe not familiar, then I just think there's an additional piece of like wanting to carefully, hey, here, here's what that was. I can even show it to you in scripture if you don't understand. And here's kind of what the Lord laid on my heart. And, um, you know, if after praying in tongues, like there's then English words that follow, um, what, what I'll often find is you don't have to tell people that's a special word from God. If you're praying what the Lord lays on your heart and it lands, it lands. Like I know when somebody's praying for me, it's like, man, you didn't know that. You didn't get that from your own mind. Like that's something the Lord had that I needed to hear. And like, they know. And so, but yes, I think what you're describing of like, if it's, if it's a part of that. And so, um, but I just may talk to the person a little bit if either I don't know them well enough to know. Because the, the thing I don't want to do is I don't want to walk in something that if someone doesn't know the Lord at all, or they're very new in their faith, that it would create a wall. Instead, I want there to be an open invitation to who the Lord is and what he has. Does that make sense? Okay. Another one back here. Blair. Um, one of the things that you were talking about was just the, the groaning of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And one of the things that I've realized is that sometimes I don't know how to pray. Yeah. And Jesus is the word and he would speak and things would happen, spoke mm-hmm. creation. Yeah. And I think for me, sometimes speaking in tongues is just giving the Holy Spirit permission to speak through my mouth. Yeah. He knows what's going on in a situation where I don't have a clue. Yeah. And yet if I say, God, I trust you yeah. to speak through me, I think mm-hmm. he can do things in the spirit realm. We don't even have to know what That's happens. Right. Yeah. Would you, do you have anything to speak into that? Yes. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. There, there's a lot. Listen, as a pastor, like, you know, you think, oh man, you know, you've been in ministry a long time. You're pastoring your church. Like there are situations I find myself in where like, I don't, I don't know what to say here. I don't have the answers for this. Man, visiting somebody that's like going through some major medical thing or, or sitting with people in the middle of grief and loss when someone's died. And I'm going like, I, I don't think this is right either. I don't think this is fair what just happened. I don't understand why this was allowed to happen. I don't have words in this moment. And I realize like this is beyond me, but I know him. Even though I don't understand what he's doing or what he's up to or where he is in this, I know he cares and he's present. And so sometimes there just, there aren't words to speak. Maybe they'll come, like maybe through that, that prayer language and that time with him, like something comes and it's like, okay, Lord, I think maybe I'll share this. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I just, I'm just going to be present. I've heard it said like Job's friends did a really good job till they started talking. <laughs> like they came and they were quiet and they were present with their friend. Then they started with all the advice. And it's like, I think leaning on the Holy Spirit helps me not try to fill the word or fill the void with my words and my advice and lets God speak into the situation. And maybe what's needed is just be present, be quiet. Any other ones on this before we move on? Jerger. Alex is making his way to you. It's not really a question, but I want to share an example of one of the other 
forms of tongues with interpretation. Okay. Um, I was in Israel, and we were there in a worship time, and this young lady beside me starts speaking in tongues. She was actually worshiping in tongues, and then she started praying in tongues. And I understood what she was saying, but then when I went up to her afterwards and tried to explain to her what she was saying, she didn't even speak English. I had to get somebody who spoke her language to interpret what she was saying in tongues back to her. Mm, so cool. it's... Uh, it's it's way outside of mm-hmm. anything in the flesh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I man, it, there are some cool contexts. Like, I, not, not only is that a cool example of God doing something specific in that moment, but I think it's a picture of like how and why the Holy Spirit operates. Like, when we're in a situation where God wants to say something or encourage somebody or do something, sometimes just by putting ourselves in a place to be out of our comfort zone. I know that I need something beyond me. Well, what I need is someone beyond me. I need him. And he'll show up in those moments to move because he cares about people. And he's going to say what he wants to say and get done what he wants to get done. So it's cool. Over here, Natalie. Is this on? Yeah. Okay, so this is more of a general question, so I hope I'm not derailing us. That's okay. um, Are the gifts eternal? I'm assuming some of them wouldn't need to be like prophecy when we're all... Together with Jesus, that would no yeah. longer be necessary. Right. But some of the other gifts, like, it's a I great question. See, I don't know. It's just, yeah. An, yeah. Yeah, well, so I know, for example, like in 1 Corinthians 13, like there's certain ones where it's like, we're not going to need this anymore. So it's kind of listed, like tongues are going to cease, prophecy will cease. It's not because God's going to stop talking in heaven. It's because like, we're fully present with him, all, like he's there. We're hearing everything he wants to say, unfiltered. You know, sin's not blocking it and stuff. So, um, but like, so like hospitality, you know, are we going to walk in the gifts of the spirit of hospitality? Like, well, is that just a natural outflowing of like heaven itself and like the perfect place we're at? I would say that the things that the gifts of the spirit are accomplishing in this broken world will be accomplished fully in his presence. Does that make sense? So like serving one another like, I'm not, I don't naturally want to serve people. That, that contradicts my flesh and my selfishness. And so I need the help of the Spirit to, to walk and serve. But in heaven, kind of those barriers are removed. So I think that there are ways that his kingdom c- comes and his will gets done on earth as it is in heaven. So are we operating in the gifts of the Spirit in heaven? Or is just all of those things accomplished as a result of being in paradise with him? You know, I think those things will be accomplished. Yeah. I don't know. Did that make sense? Great question. All right. One more and then we'll keep going. Bill. I don't know why I'm going to say this. I'm just sitting here. It's not necessarily a question. It's just what I feel like God is telling me to say. Okay. In regards to operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you diligently ask him, he will answer your prayer. But just because you may not be at a certain time, don't feel like you're not connecting or he's not answering your prayer. When it is time for you to operate in that and he gives you that ability to, it will happen. But don't ever question where you stand with God just because it does not happen right when you want it to. That's so good, Bill. Amen. Amen. Great word. All right. We good to continue on? Sweet. Okay. So second, let's talk about prophecy a little bit. Um, so before I give some description of what prophecy accomplishes or does, let's just talk about what prophecy is. 
Okay, prophecy is God speaking through people to other people. So the fact that you're holding a Bible or maybe a phone with a Bible app, (laughs) but the fact that we have a Bible to hold on to, that entire thing is a work of prophecy. The Lord spoke, men listened and wrote down what he spoke. That's prophecy, it's God speaking, okay? When we hear prophecy, a lot of times we think of people predicting things. Now, there is an element of prophecy that does speak to the future. Um, I haven't done the math myself, but I've heard it said in multiple places, like if you look throughout scripture and just sort of tallied up the prophecy that we see, somewhere around 70 to 80% of it is speaking to the moment. Only about 20 to 30% of it is predictive, sharing future things that are coming. So prophecy is God speaking into moments. So there's foretelling, like, hey, this thing is going to happen. And then there's forthtelling, like right here in this moment, God wants to say something. And so listen, a lot of prophecy is like, man, I just, I need to hear something from the Lord, like in this moment or in this situation. And man, the amount of times that I've been on either end of that, where it's like somebody just seemed to have the right thing to say at the right moment. It's like, And that's God just prompting them to share a thought, a verse, a prayer, an encouragement. And it just speaks right to where I am at the moment. So sometimes it's very personal. Sometimes it's for a group of people. Like the Lord wants to give some encouragement or direction. And so prophecy is God speaking. It's God speaking. So here's some examples of prophecy here. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, verses 3 and 4. Um, so this is kind of contrasting. He's kind of going back and forth talking about tongues and about prophecy and different things. And so here we go, verses three and four. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So, so what does prophecy do? It builds us up. It encourages us. It comforts. That's what prophecy does is it encourages, builds up and comforts. Verse four, we read the first half of this earlier. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. The one who prophesies builds up the church. So Paul, this is why Paul was saying, seek prophecy especially, because seeking that is like God wants to say stuff to his people. People need encouragement. People need to be taught. People need to be comforted. And so let's learn to listen well to his voice and share what he might be saying. And so how do we handle prophecy? That's the real question. How do we handle it? So two simple things, two simple things to how we handle prophecy. First of all, we need to be open to it. We need to be open to it. First Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21. Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica and he says, do not quench the spirit. So don't shut down the things that the Holy Spirit is doing. Verse 20, do not despise prophecy. But test everything, holding fast what is good. So number one is be open to prophecy. Number two is test it. Test prophecy and hold on to what's good. Listen, if something is truly from the Lord, it's going to, it's going to line up with his word and his character. If it doesn't look like him or sound like him, guess what? It's not him. 
As Pastor Davis shared a little bit last week, like, like sometimes we're hearing the right thing and we share it in the wrong way and that, that causes trouble. Do y'all know the reason why Moses didn't get to go into the promised land? Think about that. Think of all the miracles Moses got to participate in, right? The 10 plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, like all these miraculous things God did. God wanted water for the people and they, they were complaining about not having water and Moses was angry at them and he misrepresented God to the people. He struck the rock to make water come out and God said, you misrepresented me. I wasn't angry at them. You were angry at them. And misrepresenting God caused him to not be able to enter the promised land. So listen, it's like a serious thing if we're gonna be sharing something God's given and the content matters and communicating his heart accurately matters. But God wants to say things to people. And so we need to be open to it and we need to test it. So we get a picture of this. Um, I'll read you a brief verse here from 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So be careful. Test. Don't just blindly receive everything that you hear. There's all kinds of stuff being spouted all the time. And often it might even appeal to some particular way I feel about a subject, a topic, a situation? And is it just appealing to my natural reaction in the moment or, or is God speaking this truth? And so we test what we hear. And so we get a great picture of this um, from the Bereans. You know, Paul and Silas show up and they're, they're teaching these brothers about Jesus. And so uh, we see this in Acts 17 verses 10 through 12. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness. So they accepted the things that, that Paul and Silas were teaching about Jesus. So they accepted them or they received them, but they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as the men. So people were impacted by receiving the words that were being spoken and by going to the scripture to see, does this line up? In that context, Paul and Silas were connecting the dots of Old Testament prophecy because that's the scripture they had then. The New Testament was yet to be written. So they were looking into the Old Testament scriptures that Paul and Silas were saying, Jesus came and did those things. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. And so they went back to the source and went, you know, I'm reading Isaiah and I'm, whoa, I think you're right. Look at this. That lines up with his coming. That lines up with his death and his resurrection. Whoa. And so they heard what was being taught. They went to the word and they saw it confirmed and people came to Christ as a result. They were built up and encouraged in their faith. So I, I want to kind of wrap this up this morning by talking about prophecy and tongues and miraculous things happening in the context of our gatherings, okay? In our gatherings. Because the, the real point of this isn't just to go, cool, learned a little bit of stuff about the gifts this morning, great. Like, listen, as a part of the body of Christ, we're meant to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. This body will benefit by all of us 
walking the gifts that the Spirit gives us. Mutually loving, encouraging, building one another up. And so we need to be open. In fact, beyond open, we should be pursuing them, as Paul says. Should be pursuing these gifts. And so what does this look like in the context of our gatherings? All right? So I'm going to give you some scripture and then we're going to talk about some different ways it could be expressed within our local body here, okay? So some scripture. Still in 1 Corinthians 14, let's read. I'm going to read kind of a long passage here, verses 9 through 13, and then I'm going to skip down and read verses 18 and 19. All right, so Paul's writing to them, so with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore, okay, so... If we're all just talking in languages, nobody understands that's confusing and we don't know what's being said. But since you are gonna gonna pursue the gifts and you wanna build one another up, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. So in a corporate gathering with a lot of people, a lot of out loud speaking in tongues would bring confusion. So if a tongue is gonna be prayed out loud, in the context of corporate worship, then we need to prayerfully wait for an interpretation so that a word can get spoken that can be heard and received and have have benefit to the body. Now, Paul goes on to describe it. I would encourage you to read it throughout this chapter. One of the things he does is he describes um, how this is about caring for each other. And he even describes how, like if someone who's not a believer comes into the midst and here's a bunch of languages that they don't understand, that, that is like, it, it pushes them away and repels them because they don't get it. But that the opposite happens when they hear a word that's from the Lord that they can receive, man, it lands. Like they have an encounter with Jesus. Whoa, that just hit. And so, so part of orderly worship is not only respecting the members of the body of Christ, but recognizing like, man, someone new to the faith or that doesn't even have faith in Christ might join our midst and we want to have a healthy impact on them so that they can come to know Christ. So orderly in worship. Verse 18, Paul again, he's affirming speaking in tongues. Verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. That makes sense? We get that? Okay. Um, Okay, here's an example. Actually, I did have this in my notes. I was explaining it now, but here's an example of what I was saying just a second ago. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23. If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? Like the very thing we want to do, invite them into the Lord's presence, we might be doing the opposite just by being out of order. All right, and then prophecy in tongues. This is an important verse, verses 31 through 33. For you can all prophesy one by one 
so that all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Here's what he's saying, and I've seen this in certain contexts. There can be certain contexts where like we're open to the gifts of the spirit and we're prayerful and we're looking for him to move and people wanna respond and people start feeling like they have a word of prophecy or like the prayer language is welling up in them. And there's people who feel like, I must express this out and I must do it loudly or I'm somehow shutting down the Holy Spirit. And Paul's saying, no, like we have self-control. We're not becoming possessed by the Holy Spirit. He lives in us and we're learning to walk in step with the Spirit of God. It's about cooperating with him. And so if I have a sense that he's given me a word or I've got this thing welling up inside of me, okay, well, Lord, I think you're giving me something. What's that for? Who's it for? When is it for? Lord, I think maybe I should share that. Well, did he make it? Does there, is it clear to you who that's for? Okay, then Lord, what's the right context? Maybe I'm not supposed to disrupt the service. Maybe I go find them after service. Just say, hey, can I share something with you? just sort of had this thing on my heart. Maybe it's from the Lord. Can I, can I share this with you for a minute? Share it. Maybe you have a sense like, man, I don't know who it's for. Maybe this is for the whole body. I'm not sure. And so here's what I want to invite you guys into how we can walk this out as a church body, okay? So first of all, I would just say in general, we should all be open and pursuing the gifts of the Spirit and walking in them in our relationships with one another. If we're serving each other, we're loving each other, we're praying for one another, man, let the gifts flow between us. That can happen in all kinds of contexts outside of the specific window from 10 to 1130. Like, it's one of the reasons why we can come early and sit and visit and talk to each other. It's why we can stay after and visit. So that's why we have meals with one another and we come to each other's homes. Like, we walk in relationship with each other. And so when something is stirring up in you and you feel compelled to reach out to someone and share something or someone you care about reaches out to you and goes, man, this is going on in my life. Will you be praying for me? Man, pray. If the Lord lays something in your heart, share it. Pray for healing. Ask God to do something miraculous. Like let's operate in these gifts. If in the context of our Sunday service, you feel like you have something from the Lord, prayerfully wait and listen and see if an opportunity presents itself or, hey, come tap me on the shoulder. Jake, this, this scripture came to mind. Or I've got this prayer that's within me. Or I've, I've got this sense of like maybe something should be shared. And just like, don't worry about interrupting me. Come tap me on the shoulder. Like I'm sitting here, I'm singing, I'm praying. I'm, I'm trying to listen to what the Lord might be saying. And like, I'll hear it and go, yeah, man, that's right on. I might invite you up in a minute to share that with the body. Or or whatever. Like we'll we'll see what the context is. But there, there are times where maybe you guys have already seen this on display in the body, like just a few weeks ago. I had a sense somebody had something, got up here. I kind of gave Alex a look and we were both like, yeah, somebody's got something. So I just was like, hey, somebody have a word. And like immediately Liz Shahan, her hand shoots up. She's in tears. Lord had given her something that morning at home and she didn't know who or what it was for or when. She didn't show up going, I got a word and interrupted everything. Like she just sat with it in worship and like, the Lord created space for it. And so that's what happens. I will also say like 
part of what's happening during the week, like sometimes we associate the Holy Spirit doing something, meaning like it interrupts the flow. But these guys are praying and worshiping and seeking the Holy Spirit for guidance all week long in preparation for what's happening in worship. Like when I'm preparing the message, like I'm going, God, what do you want to say? Here's your word. Here's where we're at. What do you want to say this morning to these people? Like, I'm hoping for some prophetic word from him. Like, God, what do you want said in this context? So we need to be open to, to like holy interruptions, but we also want to go, hey, whoever's teaching, leading prayer, leading worship, like they're prayed up and ready. We have prayer time available every Sunday with people up here. Like, they are prayerfully prepared as they come in to go, God, who may come up for prayer this morning? And when we're standing up there, we're praying for you guys. Sometimes eyes closed, sometimes looking around the room, I'm praying for people. Sometimes I feel compelled to, to go to someone that comes to mind in prayer. And after we're done up here, I'll come seek them out. Hey man, heard you messed up your back this week. Can I just pray for a healing that God would heal your back? Like, and, and listen, in context of relationship, Man, we can do that right here in the body with one another. So let's be open to what the Lord might do in our midst. And if, if you feel something stirring, don't be afraid to come to somebody in leadership and tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I think maybe I've got something and we'll share it. Life groups is a great way for this to happen. Like we're building relationships. We're walking through life together. We're digging into the word together. We're learning how to apply what we're, what we're learning in our daily lives and like there's space right there to operate in the gifts. You're experiencing hospitality from somebody just about every week when you show up to Life Group. That's a gift to open up your home week after week after week. Can I just say on behalf of our Life Group leaders, I guarantee you there's weeks where they don't feel like it. <laughs> Nick's 10 out of 10 ready every, son, every week. Um, yeah. Yeah, Nick is. I didn't say Chris, I said Nick, yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, um, y'all are a gift. Like you are, y'all are a gift in my life. This place is a gift. The presence of God being in our midst is a gift. And being open to what he wants to do to build us up, to encourage us on the, along the way, to grow in our walk with him, to love and serve one another. Like that's what it's about. And so let's, let's not just, hey, we've learned this over the last couple of weeks. Let's, let's seek the Lord operating in these ways. Amen? Okay. I know we're a tad over. And so if you need to slide out, I get that. But I want to just create, create just a little bit of room here for just a second. Um, we moved into prophecy and some other things. Does anybody have anything that you want to ask or share? David, let's get a microphone just so people can, can hear it. Thanks. Hey, just a, a question for how you would uh, steward a word of prophecy that was given to you that you yeah. kind of tested and felt like it was something that the Lord was speaking to you. Mm -hmm. How would you steward that and what would you do with that when that word was given to you? So like if, if I was the one that felt like I had a word from the Lord, that's a great question. Yeah, so that's a great question. So 
the first thing I'm gonna do if I feel like I'm hearing something is kind of just pause and go, Lord, is that you? And I'll run it through a filter of at least the word that I do know. Like, Lord, does this, does this line up with your word, with your character? And then I'd be prayerful about, um, so maybe like, like I have the word, did, I would be prayerful. Did he give me a sense of who that was for right away? Because sometimes it might be a little vague, like it's just a sense. Sometimes there is already a person in mind. So like, I'll give two examples. Let's say there's a, per, let's say Caleb is in mind and I feel like he's giving me something for Caleb. Before I just rush and say something, I'll just pray about it a little bit. Like, okay, Lord, if this is for Caleb, would you help me see what's the right moment or context for that? What's the nature of, of our relationship too? Um, not that I would shrink from it even if I didn't know the person, but you know what I mean? I'd, I'd be prayerful about the person. And so then I'd look for the opportunity to go and share it. And then I, I tend not to go, hey, thus says the Lord, I have a word for you from him. I just tend to go, hey man, I was praying. You came to mind. I got this sense. Can I share this? I just share it. And they'll know if it's from the Lord or not. So I, I, that's one example. If I feel like I have something broader for the, the body and, and it's in like a corporate setting, um, if, if I'm not the person who's been charged with shepherding that moment, I hang back and wait. Um, if I already feel like there's an open door with the person who's shepherding that moment, then I'll do kind of what I described. Like I'll, I'll seek them out and, hey, I feel like I've got this thing. Maybe it's a verse that came to mind. Think maybe it's for the whole group. Um, but then I submit it to them. You know, if, if the Lord's put them in that place to shepherd those people or that situation, so I just kind of take and do what you want. If you'd like me to get up and share it, great. If you want me to just sit on it and maybe it passes and it's not for today, fine. Um, if, if you want to share it, like, so David, if you were leading the thing and I came to you, hey, it's God's word, not mine. It's something I think he gave. Like, I don't need to be the one to share it. Here's what he said, or here's the verse. And if, if you share it later, do that. So, so yeah, if it's for a specific person, I just prayerfully seek out the opportunity. Um, if it feels like it's for something larger, I'd kind of go, what's the context I'm in? Can I, can I share this? Um, I try not to be a bully with it. You know, I try to be gentle and submit to leadership or submit it to the person that it's for. Does that, is there any more, is there any more clarity needed to that? Did that get to kind of? Like somebody else, has, somebody else has a word and they give it to you. Yes. So you then, like I had a word of prophecy for you mm -hmm. and I give you the word. What do, what do you do to steward that word that you've gotten? Yeah, that's great. That's the other side to it. That's huge. So again, I would, I'd be open to it. So sometimes, you know, right away, I mean, it lands, you don't even do anything other than just receive it. It's like, it hit, <laughs> the arrow hit the mark. You know, I know that's from the Lord. It's just what I needed to hear. And so in that context, I just want to hold on to it. Like if I know it landed, I want to hold on to it. And so I might, I might, you know, bring, I'm going to bring it before the Lord in some form or fashion, thank him for it. If it convicted me, like I want to repent. If it encouraged me, I want to receive the encouragement the Lord meant to give. Um, I might write it down so I don't lose it or ask if it was like kind of um, complicated or something. I might say to the person, hey, can you write that down for me or email that to me or whatever? But like, I might want to get a copy of it in some way. Um, sometimes you hear something and it's, it doesn't immediately resonate. And I would just say, don't throw it away. My mom actually used to describe it like this. She'd be like, just put it on the shelf. 
Don't throw it away. Just put it on the shelf and the Lord will bring it down at the right time. And so, and, and, and then if you get a sense, man, that's just off. I mean, I, I had somebody one time that said they had a word of prophecy for me and it was about some way my father had hurt me once, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, it was just, it was just wrong. And I knew it was wrong immediately. It didn't fit any specific situation. It didn't fit the context of my relationship with my dad. It was like, I don't question their heart or intent. I just, maybe it was for somebody else and they, it landed, they brought it to the wrong guy. I don't know. I, I just knew it what didn't fit the context of that. So I just immediately was like, and I even paused. I was like, Lord, is there something I've forgotten that my dad did that I need to deal with? Like I didn't forgive him. And it was like, no, it just wasn't there. I just let it go. So, yeah. But don't dismiss it out of hand. And if it lands, don't forget it too quickly because those things will sustain you later too. Like when you can look back and go, man, the Lord spoke here and he spoke here. And so when I'm in a dry season, it feels like I'm not hearing, like it reminds me that he loves me and he's present. And it reminds me, maybe I'm even walking out a thing he told me to do. And now it's hard. Like Andrew, you're probably gonna have to hold on to that some stuff in Indonesia. There's gonna be some moments while y'all are there, that'll be hard. But you're gonna remember all the ways the Lord spoke to point you guys to get there and you'll draw from that in hard seasons. So great. Both of those questions went really well together, David. Thank you. Cool. Jamie. You know, something that, you know, is like really important to me that I think we also have to think about now. I grew up in a very Pentecostal church, very, you know, full of, you know, prophecy and words. But for somebody who, was given a word that was wrong and didn't come true. Like it was like a life or death thing. You know, like for me, when someone says, hey, I have a word for you, I always bring in somebody else. Hmm. That's great. So I love to have somebody else standing there so that like somebody that I trust, you know, whether it'd be like you or Amy or, um, you know, like my life group person or whatever. So when, when somebody says that they have a word for me, I want, I want somebody else to hear it too. So then we can pray about it. We can chew on it together and, and break it down. I just think that we have to think about that as well. That's right. That's, that's a really good insight. There's wisdom and multitude of counsel, all these gifts there that because there's so much said about how we're all members of one body, it means we need each other. And so if you can bring a person in right in the moment, that's great. If for some reason you can't bring them in immediately, circle them back and going, hey, I've got two or three trusted friends. Let me share it with them. Would y'all be praying with me about this? And I can just say when I have a word, yeah. I grab somebody else. Not yep. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, I will say like this wasn't asked, but like I, as much as I can um, in male-female interactions, now, there's some relationships that they're, just, they're really solid and they're good. And I know I can kind of say it one-on-one, but like generally, like, you know, if, if I feel like the, the Lord had a word for me to like a lady in our church, I would often get my wife to come over and be a part of that, especially if there's not well-established relationship there. It's just healthy in a lot of ways to do that. Um, so, yeah, there's just a little.